When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we are back after a crazy week in the golf world. We got a bunch of hard-hitting topics today. We're going to go over Lexi Thompson's debut at the Shriners Open. Uh, Guys relegated off the live tour. Just an absolutely... What's the word I'm looking for here? Just a rude graphic. Like, just the fact that they have to post that. It's just, it's horrible for those guys. But also funny because it's a guy we talk shit about a lot. We're going to go over uh, my superintendent's revenge tournament last Friday, Broken Tea. Shout out to the folks at Broken Tea for putting that on. Uh, Incredible event overall. Just, uh, I had a few too many of the high noons and or fireball shots and or a lot of other things. So, I had a good time. Um, also, we have a live player, former live player, moving over to Q School for the Corn Ferry Tour. So we've got some some waves going back out into the ocean, if you will, or vice versa, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Tiger Woods video surfaced of him hitting golf balls. We'll just touch on that. The announcer for the Open Championship, probably the best job in all of golf, has passed away. RIP to him. And we've got five side effects of becoming a golfer. Pretty great topic. I thought of it at 3 o'clock this morning. As well as a fairway or four, the ever-popular fairway or four. Going to hit you with some topics that you get to decide whether or not we're crazy or you're crazy for thinking that we're thinking that that's crazy. And this is all brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Mitchell's employer over at Pins and Aces. They launched the app this past weekend and did a full-on like giveaway sale, all this stuff. We got a bunch of orders through the app and gave away some putters, gave away a bunch of other stuff on their social media. I have a unfortunate scenario for my life right now. I need to get all new white Pins and Aces hats. So I fucking put all my hats in the, wa- or in the dishwasher. You know, and normally they're they're fine. They're coming out of the dishwasher. They're clean. All my white hats had some like sweat stains on them. Not you know, not great. But I need to get all new white pins and aces hats because they came out fucking gray. And I thought, oh, they're just wet. Like when they dry, they'll turn white. But another hat that I had in there that was white was like clean and stark white. So I need all new white pins and aces hats, and I can get them with a discount of fifteen percent off. Using the promo code BDE at pinsandaces.com. Check out their app. They always have exclusive sales in the app. And you can use your discount code on just our discount code, if you will, BDE, on anything other than the Liquor Stick 2.0. Unfortunately, Liquor Stick 2.0 is such a great product. It is not under the BDE category. But you can check out the new Pins and Aces app. Download it from the App Store or the Google Store or whatever. If you don't have an iPhone, you're a weirdo. And sorry to all those weirdos out there, but... Download it from the App Store. Get those exclusive discounts on the app, pinsandaces.com. Use our promo code on the app, and you can use our promo code in the store if you're in Colorado. I had a buddy text me that he let they let him use our promo code in store, and he was sending me all the stuff he bought. So make sure to check out Pins and Aces. It's on 5280 Ward Road in Arvada, and check them out online, pinsandaces.com. All right, that's enough of me talking. Let's get to the podcast and tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. 
What's up, dude? What's up, man? That was just the most long-winded, long-winded introduction I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to just take the rest of the pot off at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, you basically told everybody exactly what we're going to be talking about throughout the entire podcast. Um, I will say, fire outfit. If you're not on the YouTube, tune into the YouTube. Spencer looks like, uh, is that a Rugrats? It, it is. Okay. So uh, Spencer is channeling his inner small child and dressing up like Rugrats. Uh, I will say I was not able to get a word in on that Pins and Aces ad read, but this is the first time I've worn this new Pins hat, and it's not really that new. I think it dropped like this summer, but I think it's the first time I've worn it, partially because like I don't really have anything to match this color, but I was like, fuck it, I'm wearing a, a black T-shirt, so I figured I would drop this. Um, but how fire is this hat? It is so fire that I also own that hat. And I think there's, I have one shirt, like one outfit that it's mostly black, but has the the teal in it. I forget what it is now off the top of my head, but that's when I just dropped that fire teal hat right on, right on my own head. No one else's head, (laughs) my own head. Well, yeah. And so actually what I didn't realize, and this is me being an idiot because that's just standard, uh, pins and aces has shorts. So I got a bunch of their shorts and they have like a pair of shorts that are exactly this color and a bunch of like a really cool red color and a bunch of other colors so now i can like match outfits with hats like this because i would always be wearing like black pants or you know something pretty low-key but now i can wear a little bit more uh vibrant shorts and let these let these legs get a little tan i've actually maintained a pretty good tan on my legs so i'm happy with myself that's like the first time ever uh since i've been a golf pro that i've had uh tan legs so i'm pretty pleased with myself um how's uh how's everything on the child front how's sawyer doing he's doing pretty well um we brought him golfing last week i think we recorded the pod after that uh he is uh not sleeping all that well which is great uh, I uh, woke up at three this morning and decided I had enough work to do and could go to the gym. So I just stayed up and I, I it's always a good idea until like <laughs> 7 p.m. tonight. And I'll I be thought like you trying were to joking watch that when app. you said you you've been actually up since then because you, oh, you no. texted me and my girlfriend thinks I may be having an affair with somebody. <laughs> but it's just my brother blowing up my fucking phone in the middle of the night with random dog shit. Uh, just, I guess that's when your brain works the most because you seem to never text me back during the day, but then you're texting me either at 10 or 11 at night or in the middle of the the morning. So I, I would appreciate if you could stick to business hours. Um, I like to sleep till about 8am and then I go to bed at about 11 to midnight. So if you could keep it in between there, so that, that means 6am to about 10pm for you, that would be ideal. Well, I see I, the problem with you living in New Jersey and being on the East Coast is I get this feeling that you're not a lazy bum and you're like up at a decent hour. So then like when I'm up at a not so decent hour, I can hit you up and then you're awake. But never that's never generally the case. No, I actually don't mind it because I've been staying up really late to watch sports because all the sports are so fucking late here, um, which I'm going to get to later in this episode. Uh, but I, I've been staying up till like Monday night football was on last night till like midnight. The Avs have been on their West coast swing. So I've been staying up till 1230 to watch those games. They fucking start at 10 PM here. No, that's all. Oh yeah. 10 PM. Yep. Yeah. So I'm like ready for them to get even back to the Midwest or out here onto the East coast. So I can watch a game at a relatively decent time, but also at the same time, it's nice. Cause Missy goes to sleep and I have some me time and I just sit there and text my boys about sports and watch sports. So I will say that that is kind of a little nice period of time that I enjoy from like the, the, the hours of like 11 till one in the morning where she's asleep. I'm up watching sports and just thoroughly enjoying every second of it. So you, you can text me then if you want, but then you're like, oh, I have a kid. I got to go to bed and shit. So that's that's when it's annoying for me. Well, I, when I go to bed, dude, like I'm on my phone more than a lot of people. And, but when I go to bed, that is a fact. Yeah. And yeah, I hear shit for it all the time and I don't give anybody else shit for being on their phone a lot. Not, not anybody, 
If I'm going 60 down the highway and I need to fire off a tweet, I'm going to fire off a tweet. Okay. That's how it goes. Jesus, that's, <laughs> that's not something you should admit to, but Six, go 60 for it. on the highway is slow though. If you read, really read into that, that was like a self dig because I'm usually in the right lane, just chilling. Well, I was going to say you drive like, I'm sorry to get off topic here, but the way Spencer drives, he goes as fast through a parking lot as he does on I-25. Like, I'm like, why are you going fucking 60? through taco bell's parking lot but then you're sitting in the right lane of i-25 doing fucking 52 shooting off tweet like getting your fucking day in order on your foot like your head's buried in your phone on the right lane of i-25 and then we're flying through a fucking strip mall parking lot like about to take off into outer space i'm like like, what the fuck is this dude's problem like he has no gauge for fucking speed whatsoever so that is that is one of my biggest gripes oh, with Spencer is just generally his lack of paying attention behind the wheel, which hopefully will not come back to bite him in the ass someday. But then just the speed at which he drives is like unbelievably ass backwards. So I'm sorry, but I just had to put that out there because it, it, it is one of my biggest pet peeves about you. No, that's totally fair. And I can't even deny it. But long, you know, to circle back on my story and put a pin in it, if you will, is I don't get on my phone when I go to bed because if I do, I'm cooked. Like, I love to fall asleep, and I only get five to six hours. That's enough for me. But if I am if I get in my bed at 9 o'clock, which is, like, a general good time for me, which is insane because I'm 29 years old, um, I get into bed about 9 o'clock, and then my phone has to go on my shelf, and it's done. Like, if I open Twitter for X for two seconds, I'm up till 12 every time. It, it's without fail. I just can't get off of it. So I at least know my limits in the phone category, and I like to turn it off, put it on sleep. I don't see it light up. I don't hear it. Nothing. And which actually that kind of like reminds me, I don't think my phone's been on vibrate for like five years. I don't ever think my phone vibrates. Like I think it's just completely off. Is that just me? Or do the do iPhones not vibrate anymore? No, they do. I think you're just so used to that feeling. It's like, it's like taking... A shit for you like you just not even that because it happens so much more frequently it's like breathing for you like your phone's vibrating and you're breathing like it's just how- <laughs> oh my god you so here's an idea maybe you put your phone down when you're with your fucking wife and son <laughs> and take a minute to enjoy their presence instead of just doing it so you can get some sleep i understand that sleep's important but y- you know family's also important so something to keep in mind going forward for the record I went on a walk today, 45-minute walk, no phone. Well, I had my phone. Get home, 43 unread text messages. So oh, well, that was mostly from the group shit-talking you for your bad fantasy football loss last night. Um, yeah, but that's so, like, so I, it's like, like a fucking tidal wave. It just buries me. If I don't look at it for long enough, I'm going to get buried underneath it. I understand. Well, that's like my girlfriend saying she has all these emails when she wakes up, but all of the, her fucking stuff on her email list is linked to that email so she's got like bed bath and beyond i'm like that doesn't count as a business email like you're not you don't count your your weekly email from abercrombie as your your stack of emails you need to go through so i think uh you're you're just puffing up those numbers a little bit um but I understand like not looking at your phone it causes you anxiety but at the same time like just taking a walk and not looking at your phone and apparently that's like a trend now that's happening where uh, like kids our age are like, here's an idea. You you take a walk outside and you don't look at your phone. You don't listen to a podcast. And they act like they just like discovered fire for the first time. Like it's the most insane fucking thing that they've ever heard in their lives. And it's like, no, that's what like everybody did all the time up until about 10 years ago for throughout like the history of the world. So you're not discovering anything new, but it is a nice uh, relaxing little time period where you can just take a walk, have some quiet. Didn't do a little golf because I know we've got some topics to touch on. Had had to get a little sidetracked, had to see how you're doing. Um, But yeah, let's hop into it now. All right, we're hopping in both feet first into the golf world. Lexi Thompson, uh, Mitchell's childhood crush. There's a photo out there that we may release on our Instagram at some point of Mitchell 
total back like we were you know ralph Lauren polo kids i've got the fucking logo tattooed on my chest that's not fake um yeah we were we were so deep into polo he's got like the backwards polo white you know standard hat on his we all we wore for like five years straight was polo t-shirts with the little you know horse logo uh hence why i got it tattooed so i'd always have it on even when i was naked or in the pool um but the uh we he has this picture of him and lexi thompson it out and how old were well so that was what 20 when was the solheim cup in colorado 2010 no it was like 2013 2013 okay so you were 18 i was a senior in high school and and the crazy thing is so was lexi like it felt like she was so much older than me because i was like watching her on tv and shit but when i took a picture with her we were like the same age i was like yo is this like could this be a thing and then that quickly ended like five seconds later when she walked down to the first tee and then i went and stood out in the crowd and watched her i was like yeah this this is a pipe dream um but like i said like she she feels so much older because she's been on the golf scene since i think she qualified for the us open she was like 12 or 13. so she's been in the game for 15 years and she's not even 30 yet so i mean kudos to her for uh you know keeping her game in that good of shape and speaking of game and shape so i know this is where you're getting at she shot even par for two rounds i was shocked i i'm just gonna be real i'm i was shocked uh she missed the cut by three but i guarantee you and i don't want to get into this whole women versus men golfers because there's there's a, a a twitter army of dudes that think that them being a three handicap from the men's team means that they could compete on the LPJ tour, which is just not a fact whatsoever. Obviously, um, everyone's fucking stupid. Golf Twitter is stupid. I'll say that for the most part. Uh, but the fact that she shot even par, like I guarantee you that would almost equate to a couple of four under rounds on the LPJ tour. So, you know, I think she played very, very well relative to, her you know and i'm not talking shit but a lady playing for men's distance that is a clear disadvantage so for her to go out and do what she did i was i was shocked like like you said i what did i set the over under at like 154 or something like that like i think or 152 like a pair of 76s i think is what we what we landed on for the over under there um yeah i think it's one I think 73 or was 70, it 148. I, no, I think yeah, we were one in the 140s. Um but yeah, she the second day she hit she shot 69 nice. Um but she hit 12 of 14 fairways and only missed four greens. So put on a clinic out there and it it you know, obviously the Shriners isn't a overloaded event, but a cut being at 4 under on the tours is kind of it's kind of it's pretty low yeah three under excuse me sorry yeah i was gonna say the cut was three under but i mean either way for her to like she was near the cut line like she beat probably 40 45 dudes this week and she even like i will say lexi for a uh and i i hate saying it but for a lady she hits it a, a long way like she drove the two i think it was a 296 yard par four um she hit it's like 20 feet with drivers so there is a lot of like she is one of the longer hitters on the lpj tour and for that reason she could compete out there like i don't really think you could put one of the shorter hitters on the lpj tour and expect them to succeed on the pga tour simply because your proximity with a, a five wood in your hand is not going to be as good as your proximity with an eight or nine iron. So that was one of the reasons she was able to succeed. But overall, I mean, she brought her game for we had we had discussed last week how bad of a season she's had on the LPGA Tour. I think her last top ten was last November. So the fact that she went out and got pretty close to making a PGA Tour cut, I was thoroughly impressed. I was eating my words. Um, and at that point you should have just been like, let's just let her play the weekend. Like as long as she's not shooting 82, 83, I think if you're going to give like an LPGA and I think you should give them the option that, uh, 
if they want to play all four days, just let them play all four days. Like if they miss the cut, obviously they don't get paid. But what do you think about that? Like just fucking let, let them keep playing. Cause I guarantee you if she was playing on Saturday, even being, you know, quote unquote outside the line, um, not in contention, she would still have a huge crowd following her. Oh yeah. For stuff like that. But then it kind of, it's not because like it has nothing to do with her being a, like, you could throw a random good golfer, Aaron Rodgers, let's say as an example, as a sponsor's exemption, just to get people to your tournament, you know? So I think yeah. it kind of, kind of muddies the waters a little bit in the terms of like a general PGA tour event. I don't mind her or them playing on Saturday, Sunday, but also then that just like, it makes the course not as great, you know, because you're cutting half the field. The times are, um, you know, there's more spread out because there's more pe- like they're like the people are playing being like, such a fucking square about it. I'm not being a square. I'm just saying you have to like, you, you can't, there's not like a one size fits all rule here that, that works I, for everybody. I understand, but there's only been seven times in the history of the PGA tour where a lady has participated in a PGA tour event. So you you just sound like fucking Jay Monahan at this point. Just let the ladies play all four days. If the like you're getting your money's worth if you're giving somebody a sponsor's exemption and they play all four days, so I don't think it's a bad deal. But get you know keep being a stick in the mud. That's fine. I'm not a stick in the mud. I'm gonna pump her tires a little bit. So she's twelfth on the LPGA tour uh, in driving distance at an average of two seventy. But this week she dry, she averaged 301 off the tee. Now Las Vegas is a little bit of elevation, so it's not your standard sea level golf course. And um, it's a little more firm. And it's firm. But her longest drive of the week was 316. And her driving average ranked 116th for the week. So that just goes to show you how like far she's generally hitting it. And and especially for an amateur golfer, like not not anybody on tour, like how far she hits it. And she's was borderline, you know, last 10 to 15 people in driving distance. But she hit 20 of 28 fairways, which was T13. And she was 81st in strokes gained off of the T for the week. So kind of middle of the field there. Okay, well, all I took from that was I wouldn't even be in the top 10 in LPGA driving distance. So that uh, that makes me sad that. That's definitely an ego hit that I didn't need today because I guarantee you, well, I guess maybe I would be near the top. It depends on how firm some of the courses are, but out out here at sea level, like a good drive for me is 280. An average drive is probably 270. If it's soft, it's like 260. I'm talking soft conditions, not my, my swing. Um, but yeah, 270. Not my body. In, yeah, I mean, my body's soft consistently. Like, there's nothing, there's not two ways about that. But uh, the fact that she's c- consistently getting it out there at 270, I guarantee you she's hitting it further than 99% of golf Twitter, even though they won't admit it um, because they just like lying on Twitter. Also, on that topic, real quick, did you see Lou Stagner put out another poll about like, who play who thinks they play fast and who thinks they play slow i did not catch that no oh okay um so only two percent of people voted that they play slow and so then lou stagner takes those results and like he goes okay i figured it out all of golf twitter hits at 300 and none of them play slow makes sense (laughs) and when you put it in that light it's like everybody's fucking lying because i guarantee you half those people play slow and about 95% of them don't hit at 300 yards or 280. So, yeah, well, uh, like we talked to Mark Milets last week, Caddy Tales. Make sure you check that episode out on our YouTube or uh, wherever you get your podcast. It was a great interview with Mark. He was just a, a super humble guy with a crazy kind of life story that led into becoming a caddy that kind of changed his, not just like his, it's not really his profession. I mean, it is, but. It's more of a, a change of his entire lifestyle and what he's learned. And that book, um, he was doing a like a signed copy release. And so, and he was just like, if you DM'd him, so I DM'd him and uh, Venmoed him. So we're getting a signed cop, like a specialized signed copy from him. Should be, oh. I think the book's out tomorrow, or when you're listening to this, this book's out today, October 18th. But 
we uh, will get a signed copy. And now after getting off that podcast, we talked and our pipe dream and, and what we're going to make happen is get to Whistling Straits and have him double bag both of us. We'll make it light for you, Mark. Um, but that would just be like a all like an all encompassing cool thing to do. I, I'd love to do that. Yeah, I think that's going to be something that's like got to happen either this spring or summer. Um, I need to get up to Whistling so you can't hold it over my head that you're just constantly you've played whistling straights and I haven't like I need to get out there too so yeah um before we get to some of our other hard hitting topics in the golf world for the day we want to tell you guys about our friends over at bet365 we hit some bets this week that's right we hit some bets sound the fucking alarm um we hit the adam hadwin each way which That crushed us because he basically should have won that event. He made a six on a par five. He rinsed one. And it crushed us double because I generally like bet on the player that won it last year if he's in any relative shape or form. Even if he's not, I'm still like of the three guys on the card. He's usually on there. Shout out to Tom Kim. His second win, he goes back to back. We're seeing that a lot more often. If you're betting on bet365, look at who won the tournament last year. I guarantee you. A lot of the time, you know, their odds are going to be lower, of course, but they're going to be the guys that are at least contending and give you a shot. Uh, Mitch's guy, Adam Hadwin, finished solo second, so we hit that each way bet, as well as Joel Damon finished T7. I had him top seven places. Of course, I couldn't do eight. Uh, I just decided to do seven, you know, John Elway. Um, and But that still paid out. It still paid out over two and a half units on that bet. So we hit some bets last week with bet 365. And you guys can too. If you sign up using that code DNVR365, you are getting, <clears throat> excuse me, um, lost it there. You're getting $365 in bonus bets when you bet just a dollar using the code DNVR365 at sign up. Once again, must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call or text 1 800 Gambler. Um, you get $10 in bonus bets on on Sundays, on NFL Sundays, if you bet 20 or more on the same game parlay. Um, so you can go, you know, two different $10 same game parlays, and then you get a free one if neither of those hit. Um, or actually, you get a free one no matter what. So you get a free $10, $10 bonus bet parlay that you can use um, for the Monday night games. You know, you're feeling a little bit in a hole from the, the Sunday games, the 49ers and the Eagles both losing, which killed everybody. Um, you can get that $10 back in bonus bets, use it on Monday night, take the Cowboys. Um, and we were talking about that game last night. Is there any more untrustworthy teams in the entire NFL than that game last night? And a one and a half point spread on bet three, six, five. It was just, you, you had no idea that could, that game could have been 40 to zero either way. Yeah. I mean, both teams were trying to give it away and that's why I had to, it was like, who do you not trust less? And so, unfortunately, I had to go with the Cowboys because the Chargers are are just the uh, the biggest joke of a franchise in the entire NFL. It sounded like they were playing in Dallas last night, but Dallas did end up covering that spread. You said it was one and a half last night? It was, yeah. When okay. I looked at it, I don't know what it was at game time, but when I looked at it, it was. Gotcha. I thought at some point it was like around three or something in uh, the Cowboys' favor, but... Overall, I had to uh, I had to take the Cowboys there. So, yeah, it's it's just a team who you trust less. And I took the home team. I did end up taking the Chargers, but you know, it's just another a chalk one up for the another weekend of me losing my sports bets. But I'm getting bonus bets and still running through my bonus bets on Bet Three Six Five. All right, let's go to uh, we'll talk a little live. We are live boys, live and let live. Um, and they posted a graphic, which was just absolutely just so disrespectful. So live golf underscore league on Instagram. This was, uh, posted two days ago, which would have been Sunday and it's just relegated from live golf and it's like their logo and everything. And then it just has the relegation zone (laughs) after the round. And we've got, um, Schwan Kim. No, that's not an ice cream truck driver. That's uh, he was on. Oh, I don't even know what I can't tell by the logos. So we have Schwan Kim. We have Chase Kepka. Kind of shocking. He had one of the more intense moments 
on the live tour making a hole in one in australia was it i think it was australia it was down under down under he made a hole in one now he's down under from the live golf league he is <laughs> now really he's good. down under on the asian tour <laughs> james piot um not shocking we watched him a little bit at cedar ridge and just no game <laughs> <laughs> just can't hack it out there on tour and number one top of this list the guy we discuss every single week fucking cam smith teammate teammate jediah morgan gone cut no more league pal well the shocking thing was how cam was putting that dude on his back all year like cam is just that good that he invited his like fucking saturday weekend golf buddy to come join the live tour and he's like yeah you'll still make some money um yeah chase kepko is the most surprising there for me i didn't realize that he uh had such a shitty year and you know that uh i was about to say bryson you know that brooks like stuck his neck out to like get him a shot on the live tour um but i wonder i i don't know what the info is on this but if you get relegated are you allowed to like leave like yeah are you are you free and clear to like go play where you want I believe you are. Well, I would imagine that you, I don't know the specific rules of getting back like into PGA tour stuff, but you do, you have to play, then you have to play Asian tour live qualifying events to get back out, but they can't get back out until 2025 if they are oh, actually wow. relegated. So, so they are, yeah, they're put down into the shadow realm. Well, I was just thinking of like a, a sneaky way that like say Brooks wanted out of the live, like, what if he just tanks it for a whole season and gets relegated and then leaves and goes back to the PGA tour? Like that's, that could be something I could be onto something there. I do think though, that there is a, there's a period of waiting time before they can actually get back onto the PGA tour. So the, let's just hop right into that topic as well. Um, this guy, this joker here. So uh, Monday Q edit. Monday Q info um, of case of the golf one, one of our favorite follows on Twitter. Uh, just a great follow in general. He said one of the most interesting tweeted one of the most interesting names at Q school Turk Pettit left the corn Ferry tour in 2022 to join live, but then didn't play live in 2023. He will now look to earn a PGA tour card the right way. Oh, it doesn't say that he will now look to earn a PGA tour card and become the first live member to do so. He has a little connection to us, not really, but he won the Colorado Open. So, he, good player. So, yeah, I mean, you got to be a fucking stick to win the Colorado Open. Uh, that's basically like a Corn Ferry event at that point. He made 100K, uh, or is it 150 goes to the winner of the Colorado Open? Like, fat purse, biggest, biggest state open purse in America. Uh, but I was looking it up. He was only guaranteed 120 grand to play live. Um, so at that point, it's like, do you really? Because he played college golf at Clemson. Like he was out on the Corn Ferry Tour. Does 120 grand really move the needle that much for you that you're willing to like leave the Corn Ferry and go over and play live? Like I was kind of shocked at that number. Um, but yeah, it looked like the year previous he had actually qualified for a few PJ tour events and made like 80 grand on the PJ tour. So it's really like why, you know, if, if Liv was cutting you a check for, you know, $2 million, then I totally understand, but 120 grand, like I'm not poo pooing that it's money's money, but it, I know that he probably could have made that as a full-time player on the corn Ferry tour and even just Monday qualifying into uh into some PGA tour events. But I also have to say too, what was funny is I looked at the, uh, like the live order of merit for this year. Like when I was looking at who was relegated and shit and Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter, um, are both like, they're both exempt from being relegated because they're, they were two of like the big names that they brought over in an attempt to like bolster live, but they're both like in the bottom, I think in the bottom, the, the next five or six worst players out of the 48. And so it just cracks me up because I actually really like Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter, but uh, they, they go over there, you know, and they're some of the hardest like live defenders of all the players that joined. 
and they're fucking playing like dog shit. So I just think it's kind of funny that that they're in that position. It's like, well, we see why you went over there now. That makes sense. Yeah, and what's funny about that too is they're like, uh, yeah, you're too big of a name though for us to relegate you. So Jedi Morgan get fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, these oh, guys absolutely. are out there just grinding, shooting seventy eight, but they're Lee Westwood. You know, like Lee Westwood's a. I don't think he's ever won a major, correct? He's like one of the guys, like now he doesn't matter to anyone, but or yeah, to anyone him, that talks about the PGA tour. Him and him and Ian Poulter will go down as probably two of probably the top ten best of all time to not win a major. Um, so yeah, but they're like you said, they're just legendary names. They their name carries some weight on the uh on both sides of the pond, really. I mean, they both whooped our ass in Ryder Cups, so I get why they don't want to relegate them, but that shit would be so funny to, like, put your ass on the hot seat like nobody's safe. Like, <laughs> go fucking start practicing because you could be down on the Asian tour next year. That shit would crack me up. Yeah, fucking hit the range, chief. Well, now <laughs> I do think this uh, Turk Pettit guy is going to have – he's kind of – He's well, he's obviously the first one in the guinea pig, but it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, how how quickly he can work his way back. And then if he ever can, first of all, but if if he does, how quickly that is. And then kind of he's, you know, carving the pathway, essentially. He's leaving the little breadcrumbs behind through the woods to see if he can get back on tour. And uh I don't like I'm not saying he can't do it, but like this isn't this isn't like a this isn't like a scenario where a guy that's played on many tour events before and won, you know, like, like you said, the Westwoods, the guys like that, the Poulters, where he's got, he already had a hard road. He tried to take the easier ish way out. Now he's going to start climbing that hard road back. And, and maybe if he makes it quickly, it opens the door for a few more guys to do that if they want to. But at the same time, like you were saying, I think it was 120 K that's like that's like you have to play well on the corn fairy tour to make that still like you know when you look at the payouts like if he won a tournament he'd be set um but if you're a guy that's kind of middling around the you know making cuts every every corn fairy tour event that's a guaranteed paycheck to play less golf and more of a different environment than it would be to grind it away on the corn fairy tour trying to make that so i do see yeah. where he's coming from no, I get it, but you're forgetting that all these guys that come out of like big colleges like Clemson and Florida and all these SEC schools, they've got dudes like these golf guys were like NIL before NIL existed. Like there's so many of these guys that right when they turned pro, they had these donors like not lining their pockets, but being like I, I heard the story of one guy um that basically got the rule changed on the PGA tour to not have Q school go all the way straight to the PGA tour or any qualifiers because he, he won Q school and missed every single cut that season of PGA tour events that he played in. Like he, he made $0, but apparently he had a guy, he played at Florida. I forget what his name was, but he had a guy right when he graduated, he goes, here's 250 grand, go get your career started. So, I mean, if you're not living like high off the hog, 250 grand, will last you pretty much three years playing full-time, almost every week, travel, you name it. So a lot of these kids have sponsorships through connections they've made back at home or at, in their college town. So those guys are, are missing out on money that they're probably not getting now because they go you know play the live tour. So I'm sure he, let's just put it this way, him playing at Clemson and, and succeeding at Clemson, I'm sure he'll have a few people uh, that are willing to to front him some money that are backing him uh, to get him back out on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And you don't think about that in general. We don't see, um, you know, athletes make a lot of money on the surface, but they make even more money a lot of the times doing all the commercials that we see. But that doesn't necessarily register in. Oh, he signed a six year, sixty million dollar deal. He makes ten million dollars a year. No, he, you know. Mr. Pfizer, Travis Kelsey makes a shitload more. He's like every other, every third commercial he's in. So dude yeah. probably makes way more. He, yeah, he wants to be the highest paid tight end because he thinks he's the best tight end in the league. And right now, it's, it's probably true. But he's making way more money just off of his name than than what he is on his NFL salary. 
Oh, absolutely. And I, I will say I have to give them credit because I hate Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes more than just about anybody. Like I despise them, but their state farm commercial where Kelsey like has to change his last name to Maato is about the fucking funniest thing I've ever seen. Like I laugh every time I watch it and it makes me hate them even more. Um, when he just like gets up, like, like he's stomping around, like an upset, like eight year old. He's like, why do I have to change my name to my auto? Like that shit just (laughs) hit for me. So I, I'm sorry, but I, I couldn't hate them for that period of time because it was just too goddamn funny. I was like, I, I hate that. I love this so much. Like I, I hate that I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm like past the point of like hating them at this point, I think, because we're just so bad. We're Broncos fans. For those of you that are just tuning in, welcome, welcome to the fucking show. (laughs) But yeah, we're just so bad. We're in literal hell right now, so it doesn't really matter what other teams do. Exactly. Like they can just have their have their flowers, whatever. It, as long yeah. as they win another Super Bowl, I'll be good. Yeah, agreed. Uh, um, let's let's what, move. Let's, let's move to our uh, own golf game a little bit, or mine at least. Uh, I just want to talk about the Superintendent's Revenge I played on Friday at Broken Tea. First of all. Uh, when I got the email, like the registration email, there was like eight different beer vendors. So I was like, oh, this will be good. Like I knew knew what I was in for. Free Bloody Mary bar to kick the day off. Uh, I dressed up as the Joker, which I thought was pretty creative because I had a Jokic jersey on, Joker, co- Joker uh, full suit, the Joker tie, and then my pins and aces Joker hat. So I was yeah. Fucking... Actually, credit to you. That was pretty well done. I I saw that, uh, and I saw the the Joker jersey was a nice touch. So I I appreciated that. Dude, you give me a costume contest, and I'll go all in. I've been eleven from Stranger Things. I've been a woman multiple times. Like the costume <laughs> contest just speaks to me, and I just go all out. No, I feel you. We were uh, Motley Crue uh, like four or five years ago, and that shit hit. That was an incredible job by us, uh, Halloween of 2019, I believe. But no, the superintendent's revenge was awesome. They had, there was a quirk on every single hole. They did all 18. Uh, I won't go into all 18 because some are a little foggy. Um, But the one of the, the, the second hole we play or third hole we played, we started on 14. I know we started on seven. Sorry. Started on 14. Yes. uh, Yesterday we started on seven uh, and the ninth hole, that par five, that's super tight. The pin, the hole was actually a black like trough, like a bucket, like a, ten, a three gallon bucket in the bunker, and that's oh, what you had to make like it, in. it into it. Correct. And oh, wow. I, I did not hit a good drive. I was out of play, out of, in my pocket. But we had to drive in the middle of the fairway, about two twenty out, and I hit a perfect six iron. Because I, I didn't even hit it in the bunker. I hit it in the grass right next to the bunker. So we had about an eight-foot chip from the grass up high and just had to, like, dink it into the thing where we could have made eagle. And Max was double bogey, so I guarantee you, like, a ton of people made seven on that hole. But we I hit the fucking thing. I hit the bucket with my chip. Finally, I hit one from the bunker in. Um, so we made six instead of seven. But... They had I was going to say, did you just aim at the middle of the green? And, and that's why <laughs> I, I, I almost figured you would have hold it in the fucking bucket <laughs> in the, the green side bunker. If you just would have pretended like the pin was right in the middle of the actual green. Well, so that is funny because I did say like, I was like, I'm just going to try to hit this to the fucking middle of the green. And, <laughs> and you blew it in the fucking you. <laughs> but I did for the record, I did take more club. I did take more club than or, than originally planned if I was hitting it from the center of the fairway. So I did take more club, but I, yeah, I left us in literally the perfect spot and I, we couldn't do it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. They had a, um, the first hole, this is one of my best tee shots, by the way, I, I played flying horse yesterday, hit driver about as good as I've ever hit it. Uh, with my new, PX, PXG. my new PXG driver, a little shameless plug. But on the first hole at Broken Tee, they had the tees. It was one thing of tees for everybody. Um, and so we played just wherever the tee boxes were. So on the first hole, there was the tees were up like probably where the whites were. And you had to hit between a straw barrel, like of like a upright of straw barrels or hay, bear, hay bales. Jesus, hay bear. Um, <laughs> they had hay bales. 
fuck. Oh my god, what is deal? That you had to hit through. And Mitch Carroll fucking plowed one right in the hay bale. It made like the loudest thud. And that fucker was six inches deep in the hay bale. Cause it was only about He buried it. Yeah, he buried one, dude. It was literally it was like six feet in front of the the teen ground. And I saw that and I was actually shocked that you split the uprights. I split I the uprights like- and carried it on the par four onto the green and it stuck. And we had like 20 feet for Eagle. Wow, One of the best tee shots of my life, but overall, hero. I, I was, I was just the hero of the day. They did have, uh, they had another hole with all the little like flags that you mark, uh, electric wire with, or, you know, like you see those where like, don't yes, dig here. Yes. They had a whole green with probably 150 of those on it. They had a um a, le- a, a one where you had to swing left-handed if you're right-handed, so that was fun. Uh, they had some. They had one where there was four pins on the green, and this was also funny because there was four pins on the green. Only one of them was legit, but you couldn't tell from the fairway. Um, only one of them had an actual golf hole, and I literally hit it, no joke, dead in the middle of all four of them. I for eagle like we had 19 feet to one, 17 feet to the other. Luckily, we made the putt to the one that we were going to, but there was one with tires all over the green. It was just an overall great event from Broken Tee. And if you can ever play in a superintendent's revenge, mix with a costume contest on Friday the 13th or just any Friday and Saturday in October, do it because they're the most fun tournaments to play in, four-person scramble, so it's not you know overly... There's not an over amount of pressure on, on the event, and nobody really cares when anyone shoots, but... You can, it's just a fun time and it just changes the way that uh, golf is played, you know, and it just gives you something different than your regular four person scramble. Totally. I mean, I, it sounded like a blast. That was a little bit long winded, but glad to hear you had a good time and you're just wow. playing all, you're just playing all this golf and you're just a fucking new dad and just feel bad for your family. Oh, fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> I get to golf every fucking once in a while. I'm dude. just messing with you um what what else do we need to touch on here let's get to our top five side effects of becoming a golfer so we're going to come out with a graphic after this podcast if you're following us on twitter instagram make sure you see that graphic vote on it or comment on it if we miss something so top five uh we're gonna go we we collabed on these i'll start with number five um loss of productivity at work because you have outdoor meetings at four hour outdoor meetings on a Monday afternoon. It usually lo- causes a loss of productivity or just lack of productivity at work. I played yesterday and had no fucking service, which was kind of nice, but also stressed me the fuck out. I came back with 75 unread emails. I was also going to mention the fact that you're always on your phone, but I was trying to text you while you were golfing and you had your notifications off. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy now? He, he- he he's always on the phone when I'm golfing with him and then he goes and plays with somebody else and the fucking notifications are off. He's really just out there enjoying his time with his boys. Like I must not mean shit to you. Um, but I already knew that. Uh, yeah, the, the lack of productivity at work. I'm actually see, luckily for me though, I can just say that I'm going to quote unquote work and like talk to the guy in the pro shop when it's really just me checking in for my round. Like I, I have a tea time tomorrow afternoon. So I'm going to be like, yeah, I went and talked to this pro and I'm just going to go golf. So that's, that kind of covers my ass, but a lot of people aren't so lucky. Are you going to leave the card? Um, oh yeah, I already, I already dropped a uh, catalog, but I'll leave him a card. Um, actually the dude that I've played with out here, uh, I won't drop his name just in case somebody hears about it, but he bought one of those things that moves your mouse around for you. So it looks <laughs> like you're active on fucking like Google. Um, because he was like, he goes and plays golf like every Friday and he needs to be quote unquote active on his computer. So he's like best 15 bucks I ever spent. Like my, my mouse is just artificially moving around, uh, while I'm out golfing. So yes, I enjoyed that. Um, Mine, number four, spending money on training aids. Uh, Spencer doesn't really do that because he just likes to raw dog it and suck ass at golf. Uh, he doesn't use any training aids of any sort. He just... I suck I think, one mean ass. <laughs> you you just go tongue deep in that ass. Uh, you, you're fucking not... You, let's put it this way. For how good you are, you really don't 
try to be good at all so i gotta give you credit like you're you're as good as you can be for somebody who literally like your mentality is i suck at golf and you never practice so uh you're as good as it gets if you're looking for that but yes i've i've spent some money on some training aids in the past um some work some don't and some are just kind of like snake oil uh you know that you see on the in the middle of the night on golf channels so don't buy that shit well and also in there too we'll put on the graphic but just clubs just spending an excessive amount on clubs and training aids in general and and also that bleeds into an excessive amount of time um from watching youtube videos and and just watching golf in general which is normally a sunday activity on the couch uh but yeah just an excessive amount of time is spent in the golf world once you get immersed in it number three uh the which actually brought up this subject in my head is horrible tan lines my thighs are extremely white my calves are pretty tan i've got a watch tan that looks like i have never my my wrist has never seen the sun um and i've got a tan line on my arms that just doesn't look good in a cutoff i just look like a farmer and I've got horrible tan lines everywhere. Some people have the most wretched feet tan lines and like sandal tans that I've ever seen in my life, like golfers. Yeah. But I don't have those because I have, well, nobody ever sees my feet anyways, but I'm a, I'm a hidden foot person. But the, like I, my tan line on my feet is not like terrible. You do have some weird ass feet. I will say that. Oh, that's fucked. Um, man. No, I mean, I've got weird feet too. My feet are like literal bricks. They're like fucking rectangles. Uh, But you do have some, I don't know how to describe it. Your feet are a little, they're not like in the grand scheme of things. I I wouldn't like, I'm not into rating feet, but I'd say yours are like a six or a seven. They're not like disheveled fucking gross. They're just kind of weird looking. So, but yeah, I I would prefer you keep those put away um, as much as possible. One other quick note I will say is if you wear a watch, during golf on purpose you're a douchebag like take it off what's the point of you what's the point of you having it on so you can see all the notifications that you're not looking at like you're Bubba Watson at this point you're fucking just take the watch off put it on afterwards there's no sense in wearing a watch during golf fine that's fair okay um daydreaming about your swing I sometimes I'll just I'll see something and like attach my mind to a thought and i'm like god i i just like why haven't i used this before and it really doesn't matter what level of golfer you are like you can suck or you can be the best player in the world but you know no matter what like even scotty scheffler is standing at the airport like rehearsing a feeling like you just are always thinking about your swing thinking about how you can make it better um, and your mind just gets lost but you know i i've, I've honestly come to the realization that thinking about your golf swing is one of like the like less harmful things you can do like instead of thinking about how stressful your job is or this or that or paying the bills on time just think about your golf swing it helps i usually think about it when i'm trying to fall asleep because partially because my golf game is so boring it puts me to sleep but partially because i just get my mind wrapped up in something else that's that's not an actual life problem that i have so just avoid your problems avoid them at all costs number one uh if you're not gambling on the golf course or drinking i don't know what you're doing quote from phil mickelson direct from the horse's mouth but a gambling and drinking addiction is the number one side effect of golf uh be careful it's uh it's i didn't drink on the course yesterday and i was like extremely proud of it so that's how you know it's that was like a top five thing that i've done in the last year where i was like yeah that was that was well done I, I was going to say golf is like a bit of a gateway drug to like gambling, like sports gambling. Like you show me one dude that plays golf and doesn't gamble on sports. I show you a liar. Like everybody that golfs gambles on sports and drinks. Uh, and if you don't do those while you're golfing, then you're like you said, you're flat out not having a good time. So uh, yeah, that is the number one. I, I have an issue with both of those things uh i like i said i just try not to think about it i think about my golf swing and it it helps fix everything in my head 
I love that. All right, before we wrap this pot up with a little quick fairway or four, I want to tell you guys about Burrito Express. It's the best burrito spot in Arizona by far. They got six locations all over the state. I go there every single time right after I get off the plane, take the rental car, go right to Burrito Express, make sure my tummy is full with a fantastic steak, potato, and egg burrito. Um, Big breakfast burrito guy. I don't like to make breakfast at home, but I like to go out and get breakfast. It's a weird dynamic I have with my life. But Burrito Express, by far, every time I'm in Arizona, we're there multiple times, usually uh, potentially drunk, potentially still drunk in the morning. Um, See last last, uh, segment for gambling and drinking addiction. But definitely check out Burrito Express if you're in Arizona. Like I said, six locations. They're a local business supporting other USA or ASU, excuse me, athletics and athletes. Uh, the Tempe locations fire. It's right down by the campus. Make sure to check it out. As well as Breckenridge Distillery. There's still a few weeks left. They are the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. If you hashtag Broncos bourbon, you could win two tickets to the Breckenridge Whiskey Suite on December 31st for the Chargers game. Uh, the Broncos will probably win that game because the Chargers can't be trusted and we, who knows what our team's going to look like by December 31st, but you have until December 1st and it gets narrowed to 10 favorites. So make sure you enter at www.breckenridgedistillery.com forward slash bourbon dash of dash Denver dash Broncos forward slash. They also have my favorite, the new Broncos blizzard. I'm not a huge whiskey guy unless I want to get pissed off and try to fight someone. So I kind of stick to the the vodka and Broncos Blizzard is the best vodka I've ever had. Had a few shots of it um, with some Olipop actually, which was a fire combo, a little Olipop root beer with a Broncos Blizzard vodka last week at the tailgate. Probably have a few more of those, but we have all of those at the bar here as well at DNBR. So make sure to check it out. Um, BreckenridgeDistillery.com. It's in all 50 states. So if you don't have you're not in Colorado and you don't have Breckenridge with you, make sure to order some of their bourbon. It is the best bourbon we've ever had. I just finished up my last Broncos bottle, so I'm going to have to go get another one to stock up my um, bar at home so I can get pissed off and yell at the TV for no reason and everybody can just stare at me like I have some sort of a problem. <laughs> BreckenridgeDistillery.com. Check it out. All right, Fairway or Four, I'll start this off because – this kind of relates to one of our issues uh, with becoming a golfer and it's the watch tan um, that I have. It's bad, but it's weird to me to wear your watch on your right hand. Like, is that a handed thing? Like if you're right-handed, you wear it on your left. If you're left-handed, you wear it on your right. I don't know. But to me, like I accidentally wore my watch, bless you on my right hand the other day because I was trying to get some sun on this left wrist and I felt like the biggest, like, it felt so weird. I don't know. And is that just me? Is a watch meant for the left hand or the right hand? No, I I completely agree. I've thought multiple times whenever I see somebody with, like, a watch on their right hand, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you clearly don't know how to wear a watch. So I totally agree. And also, if you're the kind of person that wears a watch with the face facing, like, inside, I'm also, I think you're, like, uh, that's pre-crime activity. Uh, either that or you're like a teacher. I feel like, I feel like every lady teacher I ever had, had like a leather banded, like skinny leather banded watch. And they always like faced it on the inside of their wrist. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know why that just was very specific and like hit for me, but I, yes, long story short, the watch belongs on the left wrist and nothing but the left wrist. Yeah. I love it Four fairway. It's a fair fairway. Um, so I think I, I may have done this before the Broncos season started, but I just want to circle back and, uh, get the vibe of the general fan base. Um, and not even the fan, like we can all agree. So this is Broncos related. Russell hasn't been the entire problem this year, but I still think he's going to get benched. I think and I, I think I tweeted it, and I'm going to retweet it if it happens. I said by week nine, Jared Stidham will be our starting quarterback. So do you think that's any more fairway or four at this point than it was six, seven weeks ago? I don't think so. I think I don't think he's going to get benched because he, he has not been the problem. The defense has been the worst scoring defense in the NFL. But I don't think it like helps. He's legitimately like playing himself out of a Hall of Fame career at this point. Right, but I think if like the Broncos to succeed want to 
I I still believe that they want to push for making the playoffs in a potential Super Bowl with Russell Wilson the next couple of years. I completely disagree. I think they're kind of tied to his contract and tied to him. I I don't know the, the. I think they eat the dead cat money next year and cut his ass. You never know. I mean, they could go to a full rebuild, but I I don't know. I don't. I think him being less of the problem makes it a harder decision. But I still think it's I still think it's four that he gets benched. I think I still think he's out there because of who he is playing in Week 17 in Las Vegas against the Raiders. To be honest. Okay, let me say this. I don't think he get. I don't think he gets benched. I think he has like some sort of mysterious season ending injury. Some cause like you said, to save face publicly, he, they won't bench him, but I think it's going to be like, Oh, you know, we need to shut it down for the year type of thing. Cause yeah. I, I, I think that's, I think it's going to happen. So uh, bookmark that put a pin in it. We'll circle back in a few weeks. Cause I think we're, we're on track for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, if you're not following us on X, formerly Twitter, or Instagram, follow us on Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod, on Twitter at Big Drive Energy, on TikTok at Big Drive Energy as well. Make sure you're checking out our pod on the YouTube. You get to see our beautiful faces. Uh, I laughed a little too hard today. I had to take a second, take my glasses off, wipe my eyes, because Mitchell's (laughs) just roasting me about my parking lot driving. But we appreciate you all tuning in. Jesus, it's definitely time to be done. Uh, Tell a friend or seven. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace.